Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Karibuni sana to the Nairobi Chapel Embakasi podcast channel. This is where we place all our messages, all our encouragements, our conversations, and it is our hope that they will encourage you to know God at a level that is just amazing. We pray that you'll go deeper with him this year. And because of that, um, we have a Bible reading plan. That's one of our announcements that's available on our social media handles. It's on our Linktree profile link. Uh, it's a reading plan from, Jan- um, from January to December, Genesis to Revelation. We began it on the 10th of January, and we are almost finishing the book of Genesis. So download it, read the word of God, and commune with him. Get to know who God is, why he created you, and what he expects um, from you. So do that. Um, we have plug-in, or some of you call it Mizizi, that begins on the 30th of January. That is next Sunday. So spread the word and um, sign up. It's a space where we get to reconnect with God, get to learn about our community, and also um, just find out our identity, what God created us to do. Uh, Malkia is now on week two of the Deeply Defined Experience, and so it's been closed. Uh, we've closed the registration for now until the next season, which is in May. So um, thank you for all those who've signed up, and for those who want to be part of the experience, please remember to join us in May. It's going to be fire. <laughs> ah, um, so this month, we've been talking about never giving up on doing good. In the, we started by looking at never giving up on doing good to those overtaken in sin. Then last week we looked at never giving up on doing good to those that are overburdened. In case you missed any of them, please remember they're all available right here on Ankai FM on the Nairobi Chapel Embakasi channel. And so may the Lord bless you as you listen in. Our Bible reading is from the book of Galatians chapter 6. And we are reading, we've been reading the whole month from verse 1 to verse 10. I'll read from the NIV. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with the instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to share your word. King of kings, um, help us to not only hear it, but to place it in our minds. May it transform us, protect us from the enemy who desires to steal the word of God from our hearts so that, it we, may, so that we may not bear fruit. We praise you for this time in Jesus' name. We all say, Amen. The book of Galatians is a letter that is unique in the sense that unlike the other letters around it, it was written to a group of churches around Galatia. 
Galatia was a term used both in the geographical and political sense, and so could have meant an area anywhere from Antioch to Derby, which are all areas in the present-day Turkey. Paul wrote to these churches to address the issue of justification by faith alone. The churches in Galatia had Judaizers who are still insisting on following the works of the law in order to be accepted into Christianity and went as far as to discredit Paul as an apostle. Justification is God's righteous act of removing the condemnation, guilt, and penalty of sin. This by grace, while at the same time declaring the unrighteous to be righteous through faith in Christ's atoning sacrifice alone. This doesn't mean it is licensed to sin, but it is power to live a spirit-controlled walk that ends up in bearing good fruit. In chapter 6, we meet Paul breaking down the walk of the Christian by the Spirit. Paul is telling us that the evidence of having the faith of justification is living by the Spirit, and this in doing good. Paul directs the Galatian church to, one, do good to those caught overwhelmed and overtaken in sin. That's verse 1. He tells them to do good to those that are overburdened. That is verse 2 to verse 5. And in verse 6 to 8, he tells them to do good to the household of faith. And finally in verse 9, he tells them to never give up on doing good because there's a harvest if they don't give up. So today, we continue with looking at never giving up on doing good to the household of faith. The portion of scripture in verse 6 to 8 is widely avoided by ministers like myself <laughs> because it is normally meant for our benefit and the benefit of the church. Mm. It is for our benefit because it directly talks into us getting all good things from all those who listen and benefit from us, a.k.a. our congregations. <laughs> so is that all it points to? I tend to think no. This is why human beings are the best and the biggest resource in the world. The job and the business world know this, and it is because it gets the best out of them. When the job you're in needed a manager, it went out and got you because you could excellently provide this service. The reason your business is thriving is because it's getting your best qualities to drive it. Today I'm here to remind you that the church will never exist without each one of us. And just to drive this point a bit further, the church will only thrive only when each one of us expresses ourselves as the best and biggest resource in the spaces that we are in. To, to just get into a bit of defining of all of this, because our resources are majorly, maybe material, but it is also who we are, our talents, our skills, our gifts. But we must define that before we start thinking that probably they are almost the same or miles apart. God has placed in each of us a set of very particular talents, skills, and gifts. Skills and gifts. And for the church to thrive, you must begin to operate in them. The question then becomes, do you know your specific set of talents, skills that you've gained over time and the gifts that you have? What did God put inside of you in creation and what have you developed over time that the rest of us don't have? That and only that is what will help us as a church to thrive, to shine and be all God desires for us to be to this generation and beyond. Talents are natural and can be attributed to the natural genetic factors existing within us passed down from generation to generation. It is propagated naturally at birth. A talent is permanent or naturally occurring in a person. It is said to be a special ability 
with experience or a specific tutoring. It is the ability to carry out a task without extra effort but yet perfect in enactment. Some people have it while some don't. A talent can be improved over time with direction and training. A skill is an ability that is learned and practiced over a period of time. It is acquired or obtained as an outcome of perpetual improvement and performance on a given task. Skills are taught and regarded as, an, as a displayed talent, unlike a talent which is a natural procurement of an ability. In other words, a skill is a result of a person's particular, particular talent and effort, indicating that a talent can be a stepping stone to develop a skill. A skill can then be called a cultured ability when combined with talent. Mm. Gifts then are directly from the Spirit of God when we become born again. Gifts are acquired by those who are saved for their satisfaction, one, for the edification of the body, two, and for the glory of God. Gifts could be wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, speaking in tongues. Uh, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, giving, teaching, leadership, evangelism, and so much more. And we'll look at some of this later on. Though they sound like natural talents, there is a very big difference between a gift and a talent. For example, let's say you're an orator as a non-believer. God can use your talent as an orator when you then become a believer to do above and beyond anything you are incapable of, of, of doing as a non-believer. Hence, making you a powerful preacher in a local assembly. Gifts are used for God's purpose correlated to talents. This is very key to note. Talents and skills are used to serve our own selfish desires and interests while gifts have been given to serve God and give Him glory. When we become believers, our gifts begin to manifest. We are to build up the body of Christ with our different gifts. So... My urge to us today, my charge, is that we each get up and start using our gifts today, right now. The portion of scripture you've read talks about the obvious gift of giving to the body of Christ. But I also believe it goes beyond that. God is calling us, those who claim to know and walk with him, to start exercising their spiritual gifts for the benefit of the body. He's calling us to exercise our gifts, those things that he's placed inside of us to benefit the body of believers let's go a little further number one every christian has one or more spiritual gifts every as long as you've received christ you have one or more spiritual gifts number two spiritual gifts may be given at the moment of regeneration but they may lie undiscovered and dormant for a long period of time Multi-gifted Christians often discover their combination of gifts through a gradual process. It, it will take time. Number three, spiritual gifts can be abused and neglected. But if they receive a regeneration, it will appear they cannot be lost. The Corinthian church illustrates the fact that believers can be highly gifted but spiritually immature. Mm. Mm. Number four, spiritual gifts are not the same as a gift of the spirit. The gift of the Spirit has been bestowed on all believers when we receive Christ. And every member of the body should appropriate this gift. The gifts of the Spirit, on the other hand, are distributed as he, Jehovah, decides to each person, as we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. Number five, spiritual gifts are not the same as the fruit of the Spirit. 
Spiritual fruit is produced from within. Spiritual gifts are imparted from without. Fruit relates to Christ-like character. Gifts relate to Christian service. Okay? Mm. Number six, all Christians are called to a ministry, but not all are called to an office. Ministry is determined by divinely given gifts and opportunities as shown in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7. Offices, e.g. elder, deacon, evangelist, and teacher are humanly recognized and appointed spheres of ministry within the body. Number seven, gifts are sovereignly and undeservedly given by the Holy Spirit. There is no basis for boasting hey, or envy. Every member of the body has a special place and purpose. We have each our own different set of gifts. Whether more or less prominent in the eyes of men, the same standard applies to all. It is required of stewards that one be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4.2 Work with what God has given you and seek to please him rather than men. That's the word of God. Number eight, gifts are God's spiritual equipment for effective service and edification of the body. They are not bestowed for self-aggrandizement of the recipient or as an evidence of a special endowment of the spirit, but for the profit and edification of who? The body of Christ. Mm. The possessor is only the instrument and not the receiver of the glory. Gifts were given so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. Finally, high mobilization of spiritual gifts was the key to the rapid multiplication that happened in the church in the New Testament. So, if you are looking to growth of the church, to spreading the gospel, it is in the high mobilization of spiritual gifts, not in craziness. And I'm not even going. I'm not even going to get into that. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. I will ask the question again then. Do you know Jesus Christ? If you do, then you must have a gift or many gifts. Do you know them? That's the question. Do you know the gifts that God has placed inside of you? Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Ephesians 4 lists all the gifts of the Spirit for us. They are prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, distinguishing of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostleship, helps, administration, evangelism, shepherd or pastor, celibacy, yeah, that's a gift, ability to enjoy, that's the ability to enjoy being single and maintain sexual self-control, there's voluntary poverty, a gift as well. The ability to renounce material comfort and adopt a lifestyle of relative poverty. This martyrdom, hospitality, missionary, intercession, exorcism, and music. And I even dare say craftsmanship. So my question again will be, do you know what spiritual gift or gifts that you have? And if you don't, here's my encouragement, even as we close. Ask the Lord to help you to see and to know and to begin functioning in the spiritual gifts. It is then and only then that you will be satisfied and satisfaction comes from knowing your purpose. Living in your gifts or your gift 
gives you satisfaction. Why? Because you're living out what God designed for you to do. You're living out exactly what God created you to do. That's all it is. And it's not only satisfaction, but the body gets satisfied as well. It is edified. So you're shining God's light to others who now also come to the knowledge of Christ. They thrive in him because you're living in your gifts. And then finally, God gets the glory. And so I'll ask again, do you know your spiritual gifts? If you don't, ask the Lord. God has told us, if you need anything from me, ask and I shall give. And do not only ask for them, ask to thrive in them. So asawa. And please remember, you cannot operate or even just know the gifts if you do not know him. So remember, you must know the Lord first. You must be a believer. Somebody that has accepted Christ into your heart. And it is as simple as saying, I am a sinner. I acknowledge the sin in my life. And I know I cannot save myself. Jesus is the savior of the world. And so I invite you from this day forward to start living with you. And so Jehovah, here I am. That happens and then the spirit of God is placed inside your heart or comes into your heart and then he blesses you with a gift or a set of gifts or many other gifts. It is only when you start living in those gifts that you live out the purposes of God for your life. God bless you. See you next week. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.